Hi, and welcome to Chasing Energy Podcast number seven. Now, before we get started, I wanted to take a few minutes to tell you how I structure this podcast and what I hope to add to your life as a listener. Picture three circles, nutrition, training, and mindset. These are three circles that I happen to have spent the last many years focused on. And these circles are not separate. They do overlap. And where they overlap is kind of where I fit in. Now, which each of these guests that you hear, and today's guest, Blake Woodruff, is a good example, you're going to hear how they are a specialty in one of those circles. And sometimes they're going to be in two circles. And in the case of Blake, he doesn't focus so much on nutrition as he does training. That's what he does for a living. He helps people get stronger. He helps them rehabilitate. He helps them get better at what they do and enjoy life more through training. However, he does make references to mindset as well. And in the case of the guest that is next week, uh, Christy Powers, she is focused on mindset, but it does delve into nutrition as well. She doesn't talk so much about training. So just know that with each one of these guests, I look at those three circles and I say, You have got to help my audience improve on one of these circles to be on this podcast. And I tell the guests that before they go on. Oh, one other thing I'd like to mention, and I did actually have this epiphany in the shower. Some of my guests will recommend that you try certain things in your life to get more energy. Well, when it's applicable and feasible, at the end of these podcasts, I will tell you my experience of incorporating whatever they recommended and just a little bit of feedback as to how I enjoyed it or didn't enjoy it or whatever. This is the first podcast where I do that. I hope you'll stick around at the end to find out what it is. Blake Woodruff is the owner of Woodruff Fitness. He applies the principles of biomechanics in relation to the human movement and he looks at the same type of things that high-level athletes get in terms of their physical preparation. His facility is in the wonderful city of Chattanooga, Tennessee. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Blake. And I've put the links to his Instagram and the program that he mentions at the end of this podcast. So please feel free to look that up and learn more about Blake. Thank you. Blake, welcome to Chasing Energy. So glad you're here today. Good to see you. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. All right, man, let's let's get right to it. Ta- tell our audience a little bit about what you do on a daily basis. Right, so um, I'm a personal trainer. Um, I own my own business in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, and basically what I do on a daily basis is my goal and my goal behind the business is to um, provide a service that goes beyond myself, um, a provide a service that each client that walks into my door, they'll be able to provide a, a service beyond themselves as well. Um, and that's kind of the, uh, the big picture of it. Um, basically, my logo is a hexagon. Mm-hmm. And what that hexagon represents is basically anybody can re- relate to the six sides. And what the six sides represents is Christ, family, friends, occupation, sport, and the city that you live in. So... Okay, so yep. right off the top, your logo is built around sort of like the full sort of circle of influences and and the the partitions of your life that are often compartmentalized by people. Perfect. Absolutely. And 
within that, anybody can relate to one, all, or a few of those sides mm-hmm. within the hexagon, right? Okay. So, for example, within my athletes, sport is obviously going to be their number one. Um, and how they can serve in sport um, to the fullest of their potential um, is how they're going to serve within that sport, by playing right. well, by showing up to eat match, by being a leader on the field, Um each person that walks into my door, like I said, can have some kind of touching mm-hmm. um, resemblance to one of those six sides. Wonderful. So you are a personal trainer and strength and conditioning coach. You talked about a couple of different titles that you sort of wear. And first, I'd like to talk about what it is that made this sort of like your calling. Because when we when we discussed this, you talked about how the general traditional path is you come out of college and you go to the box, right? Tell people mm-hmm. what the box is. Yeah, so the box is your standard gym. You're, you know, not to bash on these gyms, Daniel, because, you know, some of them are great, right? Um, but your anytime fitness, your goals gyms, um, your standard gyms that you pay a membership. If you want personal training, it's there, right? It's an option. Um, but the, the issue within this gym setting is you're, you're kind of confined to this box, right? Uh, you're not allowed to come out of this box. Um, your goal is to provide personal training to the individual. Um, and, and you're constantly told within textbooks and within, um, you know, the, the, um, you know, the leaders there that you're meant to stay in your scope of practice, mm-hmm. right? And, as a personal trainer, that scope of practice is very small, um, unfortunately, because um, education, obviously, you can get your certification in a month, and you're supposed to know everything about the human body. Um, and that's kind of where the breakdown occurs is, you know, you're supposed to stay within this scope of practice, but the human body is the most complex thing out there, right? I mean, we're, we're constantly trying to figure out the human body and how it works and the breakdowns within it through pathologies, through disease. I mean, the list goes on and on. And so for me, where the passion kind of started was, okay, I don't want to be within this box. I want to branch outside this box because then you can provide a service that goes beyond what you're confined to. Mm -hmm. And so that's when, that's when physical therapists started to come into play. That's when chiropractors started to play and the partnerships with them brought me more knowledge behind the scenes. Okay. What causes an injury and how do we prevent that injury from occurring? Right. Right. And so that's kind of where my foundation started and was built off of was the knowledge of the expertise of a physical therapist and a chiropractor. Um, and almost like basically reverse engineering what they do to prevent the, injury from happening in the first place. Right. And so one of the unique approaches that you do in that spirit is that you try to be more than just a a therapist. You also educate them and you partner with them in a different type of fashion. So for starters, when you do an analysis on a patient, you go into interactive 3D models of what you are going to do to their body, whether it's their back, their legs, their hips, and you break it down into the musculoskeleton sort of view of here's what's wrong and here's how I intend to fix it, right? Tell, right. tell us a little bit about what that education does for the, for your partners. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, 
the biggest thing, and I always say it is the better you understand your body, the better you're going to be able to prevent the injury and create longevity in the future. And so basically there's three phases that we run through when a person comes and sees me. And the first phase is your consultation phase. This is me getting to know you, them getting to know me, um, and, and establishing one, that relationship, um, but two, understanding their background and their history within surgeries, within injuries that they've had. Um, and that kind of sets the foundation into phase two. Phase two is their orthopedic assessment. Um, basically, it's over 60 measurements of the human body. Um, and that, again, lays a stronger foundation into, like you were saying, what I pull up on the anatomy video. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, like you said, if someone has, you know, for example, a tight hip, I will pull up a visual model on the TV and we'll go over the anatomy of the hip, the biomechanics of the hip. And what could potentially be causing that problem, but also how we're going to address the issue. Okay, so um, and most that what what it sounds like you're saying is you get them emotionally enrolled through educating them, so that they're you, you mentioned the word specifically longevity because now that they have this understanding of what is broken, it's less of I'm dropping this you know problem this this product with you that you're just going to fix and hand back to me and much more of you telling them why it's broken, how it broke, what it's going to take to fix it and what it's going to take to prevent it from happening again. So preventive maintenance is also part of your long-term strategy. I want you to share, um, we had discussed a couple of examples about, you know, the fact that you're not necessarily looking at this as injury healing, right? It's uh, it's basically what what you provide to your patients is, how do I help your quality of life? So back to the hexagon. What part of the hexagon is it? Was it hexagon or octagon? Did I miss that? Hey, uh, hexagon. Okay, hexagon. just making hexagon. sure I got it right. What part of the yeah, hexagon absolutely. is it that's out of balance that you feel is pulling, you know, your your direction to where you're not having a good quality of life, and then you focus on trying to get that right? So I'd, I'd like you to share how a story of how you impacted somebody's quality of life directly so that people who are listening can say, I've been avoiding that, or maybe there's my quality of life is being impacted because my, these aspects of my life, I've been avoiding them or putting too much priority on this. Talk to how you make people more into a whole person emotionally and physically by doing what you do and just sort of share the story. Absolutely. So going on the uh, going on the six sides, notice how within the six sides, there's never me. It's never I. It's always something bigger than me, something bigger than I. And so too often, Daniel, you see individuals come in and they're unable to perform daily tasks. They're unable to serve their grandkids, serve their kids to the manner that they want to. And so specifically, Miss Sherry, she came into me just, you know, broken, discouraged that she wasn't able to play with her grandkids in the manner that she wanted to. And that manner was getting on the floor with them, getting off the floor, chasing them, you know, through the living room. These were all acts of service that she wanted provided to her grandchildren, but she wasn't able to, or she was able to, but with discomfort. And too often, 
we get in this mindset of, okay, this is how we age. This is, this is meant to happen. And I'm here to tell you that it's not. I'm here to tell you that the body is meant to move. And with movement, it gets stronger. With the stress, it gets stronger. And so Miss Sherry showed up twice a week, every week. And she was, she was consistent with her training. But also, Daniel, she was consistent with what she was doing at home. And what she was doing at home was simple. She would get out and she would walk every day in the morning for 30 minutes. And coupled with our training, she grew So stronger. question for you, was she, was she doing that walk every day prior to seeing you or was that part of the rehab? She was, she was completely sedentary. Mm-hmm. So she, she had no movement within, within her daily life besides playing with her mm-hmm. grandkids. And so and I say that she may have walked every now and then, but nothing was consistent. The key word is consistency. She was, she was consistent within our plan, but also she was consistent in what she was doing at, at home. And she was committed to the 30 minutes every morning with a bigger picture of her grandkids in mind. And so that really set home for her because you fast forward six months, right? The grandkids aren't staying the same size. They're, they're growing too. They're getting heavier. And so within each month, her weight started to increase with her movement, right? And she was able to build off of each phase. So the progressiveness of it all, she, before she knew it, she was able to pick up her grandkids off the floor. And she was able to get up off the, on and off the floor um, with no problem. And, and to build on that, it goes beyond her grandchildren. It's going up and down stairs. It's getting off the toilet seat. It's, it's the little things that we do every day um, that cause discomfort that our bodies are, are intended to do. And so let me, I'm glad you brought that up. Let me, let me ask you to elaborate on something. How is it? Because consistency is not sexy. It doesn't sell. Uh, in fact, if anything, consistency is the antithesis of the training montage that we're all familiar with, right? Consistency is saying it actually doesn't happen quickly. And there is, you don't always get this euphoric moment when you get up and walk every day or you hit the gym. And we learn these things, you know, over time that, you know, that euphoria of, I'm going to hit this goal every single day. It's it's just not there. What I want to know from you, Blake, is how do you train people to where they put a value in in intrinsically accepting consistency as part of living with a higher quality standard of life? So how do you train that particular partner or any particular partner to say, if you will... Give yourself a consistent amount of training and time, you will have a better quality of life. That's not an easy sell because most people want you to just give them a quick fix. Most people just want, you know, to take the supplement or whatever that's going to put them right back on their feet. How is it that you get people to believe that they have control of their quality of life by being more consistent on a day to day basis? I mean, the biggest thing, and I I say this up front, and this goes with my life as well, is nothing is linear. Nothing is a straight line up. 
right? So we're gonna have we're gonna have times where we fall short. We're gonna have times where you know the training slips for a month, or you haven't walked in two weeks. And the important thing is, is in that time you can dwell in it. But as as far as the big picture, you can pick right back up where you started off. And so I always always harp on nothing is linear. You're gonna have times where you don't feel like going to the gym. You don't feel like going for that walk in the morning because it's raining. But I can assure you, those are the times where you find the most growth. Is when you don't want to do it. Okay, but you so still do let's it. let's take and that piece go. right there, Blake. And mm-hmm. I just want to emphasize what you said here, which is when you go through discomfort to be consistent, that is mm-hmm. where you find the most growth. It's very powerful, very powerful principle, which is you're telling people the inverse of what they're expecting, which is by doing it when you don't want to do it, that's when it's most beneficial, right? Uh, Absolutely. And and that's what creates the consistency over the long term. Yeah. So when I was was training and having a bad day, when I was doing a, a lot of running, when you weren't feeling it or when the weather was bad... Or things would happen, I, I mean, where you ran into some briars or you got a gnat underneath your eyelid. I would always tell myself, this is perfect <laughs> mental training. Because when you're in a race, and, and you are, we'll elaborate on this a little bit later, but you're, you've signed up for your first marathon. And so when, when you're in a race, the best thing you can do for the, to, to train for those later miles that's when the unexpected happens is is when you're already fatigued Mm -hmm. and you're that to me going back to what you just said which is when you're pushing against your willpower just to be there that's what prepares you most for when things go awry that old statement of you never know how good your captain is on on uh, steady waters right it's only when there's waves Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah and and to build off of that you know, not to not to talk about myself, but you know, like you said, in times where the weather isn't perfect or you don't want to wake up and and do it, you never you never regret it. Yeah. You never finish that walk, that thirty minute walk in the morning, and yeah. say, "Man, yeah. I wish I wouldn't have done that." You know, that never happens, right? You always feel just this energy take over, and you know, you'll remember that time where it was tough and you didn't want to do it because it's going to come again, right? The, the linear line is gonna, it, it's not linear. So it's gonna happen again. You're gonna remember those times, right? And then you're gonna be able to mm-hmm. push through it and, and, and do it as That's well. That's great, man. I love it. So we've talked about how you've made uh, an example of how you, you, you train them not only physically, but emotionally as part of that. And then the other thing you talked to me about was when you partner with somebody, you're very personal with them, whether it's, you know, their birthdays, their situations in their life. And going back to the hexagon, it, it's it's kind of like when, when you look at the person as a whole, work, sleep, training, nutrition, these are all things that if any one of these fault, they're not compartmentalized. So they may be different aspects of a person, but if someone is eating terribly or not getting enough sleep, Eventually, it's going to tie into family work and all those other things, right? So one of the things you do, the term I used in our conversation was you're using empathy 
as, as a way of helping people understand that you are on the same page as them and that you have their best in, you, you have the best intentions at heart to get them to be a better person. Now that empathy is part of how they take it all in and say, He's, I need to believe in me. I need to be more consistent because he has my best interest in mind. If he tells me to do something versus, say, a box, the box, where they go, okay, here's your paper routine. I printed it off of our standard spreadsheet, and I want you to go through these 10 exercises. The person is probably thinking, I'm just a number to you, and, and you're clocking this number of hours, right? Versus by, by building that rapport through, through understanding, through commitment, you're telling them, there are a lot of aspects here, and I'm investing in you. So you need to invest in yourself as well. Mm. Yeah, you're 100%. And, and a part of that just goes with being present in the moment, right? You're not going to know that a person is going through any kind of hardship or you know they're struggling with mm-hmm. something within their life if you're not present and you're not truly listening to what they say, what their body language is. Um, so first things first is being present and listening to the individual. And this goes, this goes with my wife. This goes with my kids. I mean, to be present can be challenging at times, but that's where the service comes into play. That's how you can serve that individual better. And, and to build off of that, understanding their body language, reading, um, you know, their verbal cues, this all goes into play to mm-hmm. serving that individual better. And, and that's kind of what everything is wrapped around within training is this person understands that I have 100% their back during this whole process because, like I said, nothing is ever linear. They're going to have hardships. They're going to not want to come into training at times. But if that person knows that, one, I'm accountable to them, and they walk through that door and they can feel the positive energy each time they walk in, that's what keeps them motivated into continuing their training, but also taking what they've learned back home because they feel better. They feel better because the program is specific to them. The energy that they have leaving the gym is at a high, so they're able to take on their work day Mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. But the energy, the positivity is high each time they leave that away they can take that into their daily life absolutely with it. man so it's it i love how this is more of and it's an emotional and physical healing that you do here to set people up um talk to me about your half marathon that you just completed and specifically what were your biggest takeaways in training and then and then doing the event itself you had some great insights i'd like you to share Mm. yeah we're i mean i hate running let me let me preface this i was a soccer player my whole life but never did i ever want to just go out and go for a run it sounds miserable at all costs um but what i didn't know was the the lessons learned through running it's been it's been an incredible process. Um, this past earlier this past year, my dad was diagnosed with cancer, and this was a way for me to, you know, kind of embed my thoughts and um, 
relay them in a in a in a healthy way through running because when you go for a run when you're training for a half marathon i mean you're out for at least an hour during your long runs at least and so that time and I always did it in the morning first thing and there's something about waking up before everybody gets up and kind of watching the city arise and for me that was such a, a spiritual moment for me because during my runs, I mean, I would pray, you know, I would kind of, you know, figure out where my emotions were through this process and it was healthy for me and it gave me energy. It gave me a peace of mind. So when I got back home, mm-hmm. I was able to be present with my girls. So I want to say day, a couple things about that. One is you, what you learned and you can correct me here. What, what you learned was number one, by getting out there early, it was a way of like a, what I call moving meditation, where you are in motion, but you're alone with your thoughts. Mm-hmm. It, it sets you up for success the rest of the day. Tony Robbins likes to say motion creates emotion. So when you, you can control motion, mm-hmm. which allows you in often cases, when you control your motion, you can put yourself in a position where you're taking control of your emotions. And like you, being up before everyone else, it it sets the mind up for success the rest of the day. It says, I'm preparing, I'm willing to do what clearly not everybody else is willing to do, but or they'd be out here with me. And I wouldn't have the city to myself. Absolutely. Okay. What else you got for me, Blake? Uh, and throughout the training process, the first three weeks, two months was brutal because I've never run distance in my life besides on a soccer field. And it's a different motivation, right? You're chasing a ball around. There's, you know, objectives to the game, et cetera. Um, but once I got past that stage, Daniel, it was, it was this time of nothing was linear. So there was still struggle battling through injury, you know, three months out from my half marathon. But then once I got through that injury of the two weeks of low training volumes, mm-hmm. I came back and I was hitting PRs after that period. So it was, it was a two week period of discouragement and uncertainty and almost, you know, thoughts were creeping in. I'm not, I'm not gonna be able to do this half marathon that I've just been training for, for the past year. Right. But after that two week block, I came back and I was hitting personal records for 10 Ks. Um, you know, and, and, and it just showed me that through the struggle, there's always growth, like we just talked about. And so through that two week struggle, I was able to grow subconsciously, I didn't even know it was happening. And then that next week, I got faster. So, and that goes with life as well. During that struggle, the growth comes, you learn from the growth, and you get stronger. And then you just use that struggle as your foundation to build upon it. And these were all lessons learned that I, that I learned through running out of all things, never ever would I have thought that I'd be learning these life lessons mm-hmm. through training for a half marathon. And every, like, I'm going to say this, everybody's half marathon looks differently. Mm-hmm. Someone else's half marathon, maybe a 5k so for some of my, for Sherry, for example, Sherry's half marathon would be a 5k. It would be challenging for her, but she would, Chances are, learn some of the same things that I learned through my half marathon. Growth is relative, right? What one person's goal is Uh is is completely relative to the other, and 
The key to growth is that regardless of what, how relative it is, it should require discomfort. It should require commitment. That's the part that's not, that, that is relative, where you go, Blake, if you're going to do a half and right. I'm going to do a 5K, it's a matter of, you know, but both of those goals should require that we had to commit and get out of our comfort zone. I know you coming on this podcast was you coming out of your comfort zone. So I do want to, <laughs> I do want to tell people I've been around you a couple of times and I've seen how much passion you have, which is why I should be on here. One of the things I thought of when I saw you last was how, um, I was telling you about my chronic back pain and you couldn't resist basically doing an assessment on me on the spot. And I, I will tell you, of course, I was more than happy to do it. But what I loved about that was there there was a time I was at a when I was a guest and I went to a friend's house and they were cooking and these people didn't know me from Adam. But I could see what they were cooking and was right. like, man, if they just don't throw away what they have in that pan, I can make a really good sauce from it. And I came up to them and was like, please let me do this for you. And it was because I am so drawn <laughs> to get the best thing, the best, in this case, the best meal. But Blake, your passion was very obvious of just yeah. let me do this assessment on you. And with, with no prodding, and, and by the way, it was very helpful. It's so much to the, to the point that I can't wait to follow up with you and, and explore that journey and be part of my hexa, get my hexagon back, back hole again. I love it. Yeah. And, and where, the, where that passion comes from, Daniel, is one, you know, obviously you love running and mm. it's, it's, yeah. it's kept you out for a period of time. And so for me, it's, it's more of a bigger picture of, okay, I see Daniel and he wants to get back running. And of course, like the, the assessment was, was very quick, but it goes back to education. So if I can educate Daniel on what might be the problem within his, um, within his injury, he can take these exercises home and use them to help better create a better quality of life for you, but also for your running. Right. And so that's where the passion just kind of comes into play is helping others. And, 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 and it goes back to the service, right? It goes back to the hexagon. Got it. Love it, man. Blake, these are some great takeaways. And I'm so grateful you took the time today to, to connect with me. I'd like you to uh, tell uh, our audience about your, your location and where people can find you. Yeah, so I'm located downtown Chattanooga off of Riverfront Parkway. Um, if you are 55, 60 plus, um, we didn't talk about this, Daniel, but I'll be rolling out a, basically it's like a P90X for mm -hmm. your geriatric population. Wonderful. And so it'll be targeted. Very towards, they're very neglected on the, on the target very, demographic. So I think neglected. that's great, Blake. And this could be a whole different conversation that we could have, mm -hmm. but it's targeted towards your grandparents, um, to get them moving well. Like we talked about, cause like we said, what do you, what do you call that program, Blake? It's called senior fitness focused. And okay. it's super, it's going to be video. Um, the equipment is going to be mailed to your house. You can find it on the website. That'll be rolling out in the next couple months. Which and, website, Blake? Uh, it's going to be woodruffitness.com. Um, okay. If you're on Spell Facebook. Spell it out for us. W-O-O-D-R-U-F-F -F, and then fitness. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. If you have Instagram, Facebook, 
it'll be rolling out on those spectrums. Um, but yeah, I'll be looking out for that because that's going to help this certain population um, be able to serve within their family and their friends and, and create their hexagon as well. Man, I'm so glad you shared that because I definitely feel like that is a neglected demographic and the mindset of our elderly generation has got to shift. I think you're starting to see that with my age group, someone in their mid forties and people like Tom Brady and mm -hmm. Rafal Nadal, the uh, Rafal, yeah, Nadal, yeah, tennis player. They're 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 saying, okay, just because you're over thirty doesn't mean you're done, right? Exactly. And if they can do that, then there's people in their sixties who can redefine what what you're capable of. I mean, I've when I was uh, competitive, I, I would run ultras with people that were 60 years old. Now, they Absolutely. were a little slower, but, man, they were consistent, and mentally they were strong, and that was and a they, big factor. And they were still out there. That's the key. They were still out there. They showed up, man. Exactly. Showing up is key. Showing it's up key. is key. Blake, this has been such a blessing, man, and I, I look forward to partnering with you in the future and keeping people aware of everything you're doing, and I hope people will take away from this that they'll be able to look up that program if they know somebody that it applies to and they'll also be able to follow you and see what what kind of things you're working on be Perfect. blessed brother thank you for your time today daniel thanks man really uh, really thankful for being on so there you have it blake's approach the hex he has christ family friends occupation support and the city you live in very interesting methodology. I was very grateful that he shared his message with us. So what I incorporated was actually not in this podcast. I was meeting with Blake and he did an assessment on me and I sort of alluded to that during our interview, but I started doing some exercises and I mentioned to Blake, I said, man, I have stopped doing kettlebell swings because they really mess with my back and my lower back is having all sorts of issues right now. He looked at my form, and one of the things he gave me feedback on was keeping a neutral spine. Now, for someone with back problems like me, especially lower back problems, I have been trained to lock that lower back super tight. Think of like a power lifter deadlifting. They keep that upper back and lower back locked into an arch. Well, he told me you're actually doing harm with that. Sure enough. I go home and start practicing with light kettlebells and keeping a neutral spine, meaning that not that it's bowing in and out, but that it's relatively straight as opposed to just tightening it and pulling my shoulders back in an arch. I'm having a lot less back pain. So, Blake, thank you so much for that little insight. That little piece of insight for any of you who have ever struggled with back pain, I hope this, this adds a little bit of value to your life. Blake is such a giving person. I hope you'll, if you know someone who's a senior and they're interested in fitness, it'd make a great Christmas gift. And I've put the link in the podcast notes. All you have to do is click on it. Check out his Instagram as well. Until next time, until next week, thank you for joining Chasing Energy.